Welcome to the Careers Hacks podcast. My name is Sarah Henderson and I'm one of the Careers Services Advisors within the UQ Bell Careers and Employability team. We find opportunities for students to gain experience in the workplace, connect you with industry through networking and events, boost your confidence through practical workshops and develop your career plan. In this podcast series, we speak with a range of outstanding professionals and students across a range of different industries and fields. We gain valuable insights into their careers and discuss employability topics that are relevant to today's fast-paced and agile world of work. The Career Hacks podcast gives you the opportunity to listen to their stories. Today I'm being joined in the studio with longtime friend of UQ, Kelly Phelan, previously a senior lecturer in the business school and now a career strategist at St. John's College and Master the Job Search. Today, Kelly and I will be focusing on the career journey of our first year students. What does it look like? Why is it important? And what are some of the things to consider along the way? Kelly, could I get you to give us a quick introduction for those of our listeners who may not have crossed paths with you before? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to be back at UQ. I actually spent part of my career here for about mm, six years. But um, my experience is... uh, has changed quite a bit over the years. I started off as a student in foreign policy, and I worked for a very short time for the government and realized that was not what I was too keen on. So I actually went into hospitality and tourism because I had um, an interest in events. And so I worked for both Disney and in Las Vegas, planning very large-scale events. And then I went ahead and got an MBA and a PhD and decided to go into academia. But I still stayed um, involved in industry quite a bit. And uh, one of the classes that I did, uh, that I taught here, was the professional development class. So I worked with students to help them refine their cover letters and resumes, apply for internships, that sort of thing. And I've always been involved in some capacity in careers and employability in all of my jobs throughout industry. So I've always done a lot of training and hiring, and I've just always had a desire to do that. I really find it very rewarding. And now uh, that is what I do full time. So I actually left UQ in December of 2020, and that is my full time gig now. I'm a career strategist. And it's great because I've obviously pivoted my career several times in and out of different industries. And so now I help other people do the same. Starting university can be a daunting and overwhelming process. So why is it important to make space to think about careers and employability when there's already so many other things going on? Well, if you've never heard the expression, fail to plan, you plan to fail, uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons. I mean, essentially, you don't want to wait until the last minute. I've certainly seen, I, I used to teach both first years and third years, and I would always really harp on this with my first years and say, think about it now, think about it now. And uh, fortunately, a lot of them did yield that advice. And by third year, they had actually uh, done a few interview or internships, I should say, and, um, you know, gotten a little bit of work experience under their belt. And I think that that's really beneficial for them because to wait until your third year is probably a bit too late to start building your resume and thinking about how am I going to prepare myself in order to uh, get somebody to want to hire me. Absolutely. In my experience, for many of those students who do leave it till third year to start their career journey, they've been mainly focusing on their studies. 
in your opinion, are good grades enough to be competitive upon graduation? No, definitely not. I wish that I could say the opposite. And I know that's what a lot of people would like to hear. I mean, considering the fact that you are spending a lot of time and energy and money at university and trying to get those good grades. And yes, grades are certainly going to be important. But In the end, most employers are really looking for the skills that you have. So if you have those grades, but you don't have the skills to back them up, you are really going to be at a massive disadvantage. So you want to make sure that you are getting that experience. Um, And yes, you can refer to some of the things that you did in your classes, you know, some of the projects. You learn teamwork through those projects, and you learn how to communicate by giving presentations and Um, you know, writing. But at the same time, it's not the same as in the workplace. So it's really going to be one of those things that you want to make sure you are being very proactive and not waiting till the last minute because you simply cannot get enough of that in your classes. There really is no replacement for experience. For many first-year students, when they come into uni, they've been told by parents or teachers to either follow their passion or pick something with a lot of jobs at the end. For many first-year students, when they come into university, they've been told by parents or teachers to either follow their passion or pick something with lots of jobs at the end. Now, this can sometimes be conflicting advice. Do you have any tips for how students can balance these elements when identifying their career direction? That is such a tough question. And, I mean, you never want to tell somebody, no, don't follow your passion, do something you hate. Uh, And really, I mean, you shouldn't be doing something you hate. You should be finding something that you resonate with, uh, that aligns in some capacity with, you know, your goals, your morals, the values, the lifestyle that you want to have. But there is a bit of conflict there with the passion versus reality. Um, So here's what I always like to tell people. There is the possibility that you can follow your passion, um, maybe it's in the workplace, maybe it's not. You know, maybe you want to do something on the weekend. Maybe you want to volunteer with what is truly your passion. Um, yes, if you can find a position that will allow you to marry both passion and reality, that's great, but that's not always the case. Uh, I do think that if you're smart about it and you start looking into it early, it is possible to find things that, you know, do ring true with that passion side of things. And the other thing that I always like to tell people is, you know, once you get into a position, there's something called job crafting, where you essentially, you have your job and you have your responsibilities and the tasks that you have to do day to day. Um, But as you become a better contributor and as you are developing, you know, within the organization, there is the possibility to suggest things to your employer and you can potentially bring your passion in that way. So for instance, if you're somebody who likes social media, um, you know, even if you're not on the marketing team, you could try to find a way to transfer into that area or bring in new ideas that would make sense. So there are ways, particularly as you grow as a professional, that you can actually bring that passion side of things into what it is that you're doing day to day. That is such great advice. So once a student has balanced all their options and selected a direction for their career, are there any tools they could use to begin to plan their journey and identify next steps? Well, one thing that I really liked to do with my first years um, and something that I actually, so I work primarily with um, older clients typically in their, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, so not necessarily students all the time. 
But um, with them, I like to have them write what I call their retirement resume. So essentially, what is their resume going to look like when they retire at the age of 65 or whatever it may be? Now, um, being 17 or 18, probably not realistic for you to think 45 years into the future. So let's not do that for you. But what I would suggest that you could do is you could write your ideal graduation resume. So when you think about yourself and pretend you're a third year or a fourth year, whatever it is when you're going to be finishing up and applying for jobs, and think about in order to really get that job that you want, what should your resume look like? And go ahead and write that out. Pretend like you are that truly qualified candidate. And then you can take a step back and say, oh, okay, well, this I'm already doing really well in these areas. But these are some places that I really need to work on in order to make myself a great candidate. So, you know, you can start planning and saying, okay, I need to get these internships or I need to develop this particular skill or I don't know, maybe you want to, um, you know, get into startups so that you have that particular experience. So those are some of the things that you could do. Um, But the other thing that I would say um, is you should be using the people and the resources around you. So talk to your professors, your lecturers, your tutors, um, get their opinions, get some ideas from them. Um, You should obviously be looking at the employability team. (laughs) Hint, hint. They are certainly um, a wealth of knowledge. Um, So make sure that you're taking advantage of all of those. I think one of the biggest mistakes a student can make is not making the most of the sport that is available. Lecturers, tutors, career staff, we're all here to help our students on their journey. You don't need to do it alone. Given that it's so important to gain practical experience before graduation, what are some tips that you would give students to help them identify and obtain such opportunities? Well, one of the things that you are going to have to do is you're going to have to take your resume and match it to the jobs that you are applying for. So start thinking about, um, again, when I graduate in three or four years, this is the job that I want. And start looking at those job descriptions and seeing what are the skills that they are asking for. And that is, you know, where you can identify what it is that you're really missing and what you should start working on. And then you can go back. You can work backwards and either look for part-time positions or internships or potentially projects here at UQ that you can use to build up those skill sets. Once a student has developed those skills, how should they showcase their skills and experience to an employer? I think it's really important to remember that any experience you have is valuable. It does not have to be an official or paid experience. So you can use, obviously, experiences that you have in the classroom, you can use your volunteering experience, you could use your experience on on extracurriculars. Um, So my brother was a university athlete, and that essentially, in the States, that's pretty serious, that's like your full-time job. So he, in the entire time that he was at uni, he never worked any kind of job, no internship, nothing like that. But he was the captain of his team. You know, that involved a lot of... um, teamwork, leadership. He uh, was often interviewed, so he was very good at um, communicating with the press, that sort of thing. So even though he was not paid for that, it certainly was not a work experience. You can use those kind of experiences to showcase what it is that you can do um, for employers. Do you have any advice for students about balancing all of these experiences alongside their academic and social life? I think it really comes down to prioritizing. You know, what is it that is important to you? 
Um, I was recently watching The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've seen that. It's very interesting, very intriguing. And they talk about sort of this disease of distraction, if you will. I don't know if that's what they called it. But, um, you know, there are so many distractions for us, you know, whether it is things that are going on with class, things that are going on on social media and our personal lives, that sort of thing. And so I think that the more you can prioritize what it is that you're doing, whether it is, you know, in your studies, in your personal life, um, with your living situation, with your work situation, the sooner you can master those types of skills, the better off you're going to be. And obviously that's going to translate very well into the workplace, both now and later on. So that's what I would really say is, you know, prioritize you know, which classes are the most important ones? And, and, you know, as you get later on in your career or in your academic career, I should say, um, you know, which jobs are going to be most important to you and going from there. Sounds like I'll need to add the social dilemma to my watch list. Last but not least, what is your number one career hack for first year students? The number one thing that I would say is get on LinkedIn and get on LinkedIn today. (laughs) I am a huge fan, a huge proponent of LinkedIn. I use it a ton. I have seen some people get incredible results from LinkedIn. Um, You know, you have the opportunity there to make a name for yourself. Uh, You can showcase the projects that you're working on. You can put things up about the extracurriculars that you're doing. You can obviously, I mean, it's a social networking platform for professionals. So you can go out there and you can talk to people. Um, and don't be afraid to do that. I mean, go ahead, introduce yourself, say hello, tell somebody that you are interested in working for their company. Um, you know, maybe they'll be willing to have coffee with you and have a bit of a chat. Um, obviously, LinkedIn is also, you know, they're constantly putting up job postings and internships and that sort of thing. But the sooner you can start developing your professional reputation, the better off you're going to be. And it is just used so often. And I've seen so many people get incredible results. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's something called the hidden job market. So the idea is that about 80 percent of jobs are never posted. They are actually filled through personal and professional connections. So if you put yourself out there on LinkedIn and you start meeting people and talking and they see what it is that you're doing, somebody may very well come up to you and say, oh, hey, I just saw this project you did. I've got something similar going on in in our space. Would you be interested in having a chat? And it could very easily turn into a position, whether it's full-time, part-time, whatever it may be. I've known lots of people that have had that happen as well. So don't underestimate that. Um, Start using it right away. That's it for this episode of Career Hacks, brought to you by UQ's Faculty of Business Economics and Law, Careers and Employability team. Join us next time for further insights into the lives of industry professionals. Thank you for listening and stay curious. 